Welcome to Money in the Air, the music podcast about neighboring rights, the royalties you earn from the public performance of your recordings and the business of music in general. Brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders. I'm Andrew, a royalty consultant helping artists to collect on their value. Hi, I'm Gina Deacon. I work for Absolute Rights Management and I work with record labels and artists to ensure we claim the royalty income due to them. I'm Stacey Haber and I'm from Inside Baseball Music Publishing. Hi, welcome back to Money in the Air, the podcast brought to you by IFR, the International Association for Artists and Rights Holders, where we talk about neighboring rights royalties. Today, we're going to talk about the IPD, that's the International Performer Database. And our expert today is our very own Tanya. Hey, Stacey. Hey, Andrew. Thanks for having me back. Today, going to be a few acronyms, but it's very easy to wrap your head around. The IPD stands for the International Performer Database, and pretty much every single CMO on the planet refers to it, uses it, updates it. For example, if you wanted to join PPL for the world minus US, Canada, and France as an example, the first thing PPL would do is they'd log on to the International Performer Database and they would refer to the ID that you've submitted and they just make sure that you're not affiliated with a CMO elsewhere. And in that way, you avoid conflict because more often than not, seven out of 10 times, a performer is already a member of another CMO and they just weren't aware. CMOs have been around for like on average 60, 70 years. People got signed up back in the days in their heyday, for example, unwittingly by their management, business manager, or even at a kind of like a trade fair where they'd sign up to things and they'll check out the IPD and then it it might say so-and-so is a worldwide member of sound exchange therefore PPL cannot take you on they can if you limit your mandate with sound exchange and that's just a fancy way of telling sound exchange I want to stay with you but not for the world I want to limit your international mandate and remove certain territories therefore freeing those territories up for PPL to collect in so it's impossible for two different CMOs to collect in the same territory when that happens it's known as a conflict royalty are frozen, nobody gets paid. So it's really, really important and vital and crucial to resolve conflicts. And almost every featured artist out there has a conflict somewhere. Even if you haven't been informed by your chosen CMO or CMOs, in plural, it's worth contacting your account manager and being like, hey, do you mind just quickly checking the IPD? And you'd be surprised at who you're signed up with without knowing. And then you can dig deep and like, you know, limit your mandate, resign from one, join others. It's really interesting. Who keeps track of all this information? The mandates with all the different societies. Say, for instance, a performer signs up a sound exchange. Where does that information reside? How do they know that? PPL isn't collecting directly in the UK for that specific artist. The International Performer Database, it's something that they all log on to and they can check. But I was informed recently that Sound Exchange no longer use the IPD. A couple of other CMOs are in the same boat. It might be a cost thing, maybe there's a membership fee or something, but um, it's problematic in my opinion not to work with the IPD. Each performer out there has an international performer number, often shortened to IPN. So you'll often hear IPD, IPN. So when you register with a CMO as a performer, like 
PPL or a dummy, GVL, whichever one, you'll be given a performer number, like a local performer number. They also call it an ID number. And it's totally separate to your international performer number. It's just something that can confuse performers, especially if you log into PPL and you check out your repertoire, you can go into the lineup and you'll see two numbers. And quite often performers like, I don't understand why they're two numbers. It's like nothing to worry about. One is your local PPL performer ID and the other one is your international performer number and that just allows CMOs to keep track of who you are and to pay the right person because as you can imagine lots of performers share the same name and even the same date of birth so then it's like who do we pay? <laughs> it helps. Everyone log in and look at the IPD. As far as I'm aware that's a no. It's uh, CMOs only which is a shame. I would love to have access. I know that I tried to get access a few years ago. I was just inquiring and they were like no. Unless you're a CMO. I was like no I'm not. I'm, an, I'm a rep. <laughs> <laughs> it, it just it was going to save a lot of time and hassle conflicts can be resolved they should be resolved however it can take a long time because in order to resolve a conflict you have to limit one mandate at one of the cmos competing over one territory and sometimes it, that can be effectuated in one month which is great other times it can be like six months on average so then you've got to wait six months until they update their mandate and then what they do the cmo has to log into the ipd and like tick a box basically like no longer collecting Spain and France, for example. And then Spain and France can move forward with the other CMOs. So yeah, you have to be patient, but it's, it's well worth it because like I said, royalties can be frozen and that's not good for anyone. This number is akin to the social security number here in the United States, like your tax ID for yourself as a performer, so to speak, uh, so that nobody else can be confused with who you are. As Tanya mentioned, there could be two artists with the same alias or you have the same legal name, a myriad of different things. So this makes sure that there are no duplicate use out there from a reporting perspective. Yeah, it's so crucial that I can... Um... And that's, perfect. that's a perfect way of putting it. It's like your SSN or in the UK, it's like your national insurance number. Yeah, there's no two ways about it. It homes in on you. That is you. What other information do they hold on you? As far as I'm aware, it's just your full name, your date of birth, your nationality, and then which CMOs you're affiliated with. And who runs the IPD? I'm curious how they get around data protection and right for information if everybody can't sign in and see what they have on you. That's an excellent point. It's the only way to truly find out where you are conflicted around the world in the neighboring rights world. It's well worth <laughs> asking your CMO, you know, do they mind checking out the international performer database for your I quote, international picture. They all know what that means. Often it's shortened to IP. So it's all, you know, <laughs> I know that my IPN is this. Can you please check the IPD for my IP? You can see how it gets all very acronym But um, Adding territories to a mandate is always effectuated quicker than removing territories. In the CMO's eyes, getting more business. So if you're like, hey, I'm with you just for France. I'd like to add the Netherlands, Belgium and Germany to that. Usually, instantly, they're like, yeah, great, sorted. If those territories were free. However, to remove territories, it, it's much more, it's just longer. It should be to prevent fraud. Do they hold your information if you're a rights holder? So do, they, do you have a separate IP number if you're a rights holder? No, that's a great question. The answer is no to that. 
it's just for performers. Um, I think there should be one in tandem. There should be an international rights holder or master in a database because conflicts do arise all the time with who owns what master and it's way more cumbersome and it's just more, it's just not straightforward. Maybe it's in the works. Okay, so that's really interesting. And do you need an IPN when you sign up with a rep or to do your own neighbouring rights registrations? You don't, but it definitely helps. Quite a lot of reps will ask you right off the bat, hey, do you happen to know your IPN? It does save time and you can because quite often on forms you need to insert it or it in general it makes things more efficient and saves time but it's it's not it's not necessary and yeah so circling back to the international performer database at IPD um SCAPRA owns it SCAPRA is a not-for-profit organization in Belgium and they basically oversee and manage all of the CMOs from 43 countries so they've developed the IPD I think it was fairly recently in the past 20 years or so and I'm just on their website now and they're talking about IPD membership and yes you have to be a CMO. That's really straightforward you made that so easy thank you. Oh thanks. Thank you so much hope everybody enjoyed that as much as we did. Don't forget to go to www.ifr.co.uk and become a member. You'll have access to the podcasts and you'll have access to so much more material which will tell you everything you need to know to maximize your neighboring rights royalty income. Have a good week.